0: Welcome, 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 everybody to Leading to Sales. As you all probably know by now, my name is Brett Williams, and I am your host. And I cannot tell you how excited I am today about today's guest. Um, our the guest that we have on today is Michelle Accardi, and she is the president and chief Re- revenue officer of Star to Star Communications. And, and I'm I'm really excited to have her on. And you're gonna find find out why as we get going through the show. And honestly, and I didn't even mention this to Michelle, my number one concern is given her background, her experience and everything she's got going on, I don't know how we're gonna unpack it in the time that we've got, but I'm very excited to have her on and I know that you're gonna get a huge amount of value. So make sure that for anybody else in your network that you get a chance to tell them about the show because I'm telling you, if you're in the business development community at all, sales, marketing, whether you're a leader or you're an individual contributor, you're going to get something out of this show. So with that, we'll be right back with Michelle right after this.
1: Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams.
0: Hello, Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Brett.
0: Thanks for coming on. I know with everything you've got going on with Star to Star right now, it's not like you came on because you were bored, right?
1: (laughs) Very true, very true. Good things happening.
0: Yeah, and you know, I didn't mention this before, but I do um, understand I saw an amazing press release today, and I understand that congratulations are in order because apparently for the seventh year Consecutively, CRN has named you a Channel Chief of the Year again. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> congratulations on that. That's an incredible achievement.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, and and honestly, it's because I work with just amazing people. I've amassed a fabulous team who helped to make me look good. Uh, so, and you know, obviously, thanks to uh, to the CRN folks for for recognizing it.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's amazing. You know, talking about your team and, and I, I want you to, to kind of intro yourself just a little bit, give us a little bit of background. Um, but tell, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and Start a Star and what your background has been. Sure,
1: sure. So uh, I am a President and Chief Revenue Officer of Start a Star. Uh, I've been at Start a Star just shy of eight years now. The time has truly flown. I started with Start a Star as their Chief Marketing Officer which sounds, you know, really great and sexy, but uh, frankly, I was marketing employee, I think, number two. Uh, (laughs) And we built this really great team. uh, And, you know, once I was sort of, uh, we had laid the groundwork for what needed to be done from a marketing perspective, you know, I started to look at some of the operational and back office things that we needed and was really pushing the team around, look, we need to make some of these improvements. And I put my hand up and they made me the chief operating officer after about 18 months. Uh, Did that job for another two and a half years, really implementing uh, many of our back office, partner portal, CRM, uh, quoting tools, Uh, And then they asked me to take on the presidency about three years ago uh, to become president and chief revenue officer. So that's my career at Star to Star. I won't bore you with a a long history before that other than to say I spent 17 years at CA Technologies in a variety of digital marketing and brand marketing, all all different areas of marketing and sales enablement over my 17 years at CA.
0: You know, it's interesting because first and foremost, that's, I think... That if nothing else, that's a demonstration of the value of someone who gets it in the in the in the industry. And and I don't think I even mentioned this to you or, or um. And my view, most of my viewers know this, but I actually have a background as a telecommunications engineer before I went into marketing. Oh. Um, so like getting seeing your company and seeing what all you've done is amazing. But I want to kind of go back just a little bit with you because one of the things that really excited me about first inviting you to come onto the show was a lot of that history that you have because we've got a lot of what I call younger marketers here that are younger in their career that are earlier on in their career and they're starting in a lot of those places that you started in and you have built yourself and your skill set and your expertise to the point that you're now the president and CRO for a company that's just absolutely growing leaps and bounds and even have had some pretty exciting announcements in the past couple of months. Um, So, I mean, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you think has fueled so much of that growth in yourself and in your career.
1: Well, uh, you know, first of all, I never had the expectation that I was going to be, um, you know, this great marketer or or great sales leader, Um, but I've always had the mindset of how can I help people? And that started when I was very young. So I, my first, my earliest technology job, I worked for a, a startup, and uh, in that job, I really didn't know anything about technology. I really didn't know anything about marketing, frankly. I had just graduated <laughs> from college, and uh, but I was very curious and always just eager to learn. So I would go to the sales team and say, "How can I help you? What can I do? Can I?" Can, can I do a ride along with you? Can I learn what you do? Um, can I build you newsletter? You, you name it. Uh, uh, so it was always about how could I help someone? And in doing so, take some knowledge away from that. So for young marketers, you know, that's my best advice is jump in. You don't have to know everything, but you have to be, you have to be willing and eager uh, to learn and to do anything that you can to help move your company's business along.
0: Yes, that's so true. You know, it's, well, I think one of the things that I love to highlight for people is that curiosity effect and realizing, you know, I, I, a lot of the marketers I talk to, I talk to about the fact that there are, you have two sets of clients. You know, I can't tell you how many, how many times I've heard people, oh, well, you know, we've, we know exactly who our client avatar is. We know what they're doing. We know what's important to them. And, and it really, I get a kick out of it whenever I say, which one? <laughs> and they're like, what, what do you mean? Which one? And that's when I'm like, well, What about your sales team? What's their avatar? What do they want? What are they, what's important to them? Because that's, I think, and what I love, and and I'm kind of going in circles here because I'm excited to have you on with all of the expertise that you've got. What I love about your career journey is that you have demonstrated a lot of what I preach in that marriage of sales and marketing. And what I, and man, I make some marketers mad when I say this, but when when I say that recognizing that marketing should be a revenue generating activity and the importance of that. And I think you've, you've lived that out just, and that's, you know, it's not like I've got some spyglass on Michelle's career. I just kind of looked, looked at what her LinkedIn said and that that tells me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and look, you marketing, whether we like it or not, I I truly believe it is a service center for the entire organization, whether Mm -hmm. that's, uh, recruiting and your people and culture, uh, being able to, to market out that piece, whether it's your sales organization and really understanding what are the obstacles that they are dealing with, getting them competitive intelligence, uh, helping them with understanding pricing, packaging, promotion, all of that piece. Um, you know, we are not in an age where we can be siloed in our approach. We just yes. can't be. And we all are service, are in a service that, it, it, service together uh, is how I'd like to think about it and understanding the customer who understands the customer better than the people who are trying to sell something into them and provide a service. Uh, If if you don't listen to your front lines, you you will listen to them uh, via your support (laughs) lines is how I'd like to describe it.
0: I love that. I love that. If you don't listen to your front lines, you'll listen to them by the support lines. That is so true. Um it really messes people up whenever I come into a company to help and I say uh especially when I'm talking to a marketing leader and I say okay l- let me talk let me have one meeting with your lead salesperson and they're like whoa 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 <laughs> back up back up back up and I'm like it'll tell me what I need to know cuz it'll tell me where the gaps are so that's so cool so now at start to star I mean you all you have really in your 8 years there you have helped start to star be positioned very uniquely in the marketplace um, and tell me about as a leader, both, you know, from a tactical and from a strategic position, cause it's, it's never easy, even in an eight year time period, that's that what you've done and what you've accomplished with star to Start is not a minor feat.
1: <laughs> no, a- absolutely. It's, um, you know, again, I came in, I took stock of what we had and what we didn't have. Uh, I also understood where, where our board, where our founder and CEO, where their mindset is, um, and used with what, what I had to, to drive things forward, right? I, I didn't have big budget. This wasn't a huge company when I joined. Um, so I knew we and, – and let me just back up and say to everyone what Start a Star is. So yeah. you know, we're a unified communications company with a full platform uh, and full-spectrum technology that allows companies to deploy communications in multiple modalities, whether that's uh, purely in the cloud, whether that's a hybrid solution with our voice optimized SD-WAN, or whether that's other forms of communications and collaboration. So everything from video conferencing uh, to text messaging, all of those pieces, we, we build the complete solution around that. And we go to market through partners. Uh, so not direct-to-consumer um, we, uh, or direct-to-business. We go through partners because they're the closest to those companies and can give us a level of understanding of what the new business needs might be. Um, okay. So when you think about that, um, for me, again, you just go back to... What you know? When I started, uh, again, star to star, we barely had a website. Frankly. <laughs> we had no collateral. We had no content. So my first job was to listen to the salespeople and to the partners that we had, and say, what do you need? What's what's your priority with regards to um, what would make it easier for you in order of selling our solution? what well, one of the first things I heard was we needed a better website. We needed a, uh, and again, I didn't have tons of of of. Uh, budget to put forward <laughs> on those things so i said okay i'm going to hire some really good and talented digital marketers who can come in and we can build all of this yes. uh, so i brought in who are is our current uh chief marketing officer david Portowitz, uh, and he brought on a few other folks uh frederick weiss on our team and we built out our full di- digital strategy we built out our content, we realized that those pieces were the most critical in order to get into the marketplace. But again, it happened from listening to our partners, and listening to what they thought their customers needed. Um, And it came from also talking to the customers that we had at that point, you know, again, it was a lot of listening campaign that I had to do. And then a a lot of writing, frankly, I, this was not something where we were Outsourcing everything, you know, and I think we live in a world where sometimes we feel constrained by budgets. Uh, and frankly, I think we just have to put pen to paper sometimes, uh, fingers to keys, uh, and start writing and start yeah. working on something. And, you know, once you actually can paint the vision for your for your management team, for your founder, for, uh, again, you know, when I first came in, it was like, Oh, I don't know if we want to spend all this money on all of these things. But as I did it and we started to get results and it could prove we could build on it. We just iterated from there. And then I got bigger budgets. I got bigger teams. Uh, and again, I never stopped asking, and I still don't stop, stop asking, what do you need? What can I do to help you? Um, because as chief revenue officer, it's not my job to go out and sell every deal. It's my job to enable my team so that they can go out and help grab that market share. And nice. I do that. I mean, I have a, a stand up sales meeting uh, twice a week now. Um, we, during the the heart of the pandemic, we were doing it every single day. Stand up meetings, nice. but it was all about you know how do we stay on the same page? What obstacles do you need me to clear? And we've continued on that, on that page. And I have to tell you, I think it really works when you have a team that's constantly communicating and listening and trying to figure out how we serve one another.
0: Wow, You gave me a lot to unpack there. Um, (laughs) That's, that's amazing. And it's, it's so interesting to hear that you're so focused around what I would call the relational side of the business internally, because that's, to me, that's where the power is. Um, but the first thing that came to my mind, and, I, and I'll say this, we had a, a guest on a, a several months ago who said, "Who want, and he dropped this quote and I told him he needed a trademark. market. I don't think he has, but he, he mentioned thinking thinking big, even in small spaces. And, you know, I think that it sounds like what you've done and what you are, are continuing to do is recognizing okay yes there are limitations everybody has limitations you know i don't care even if you're a trillion dollar company there there are limitations on your budget (laughs) i have yet to see any cfo or anyone that's in any capacity over a finance say sure spend whatever you want it's all good but having those limitations over your budget doesn't mean that you have the limitations over your creativity Correct. And that's what I hear you saying more than anything is is recognizing the what your assets are and then proving the ROI on the back side of that.
1: Absolutely so, well said.
0: You got to start you got to start small and then go from there because if you for, especially from the perspective of of a leader or somebody on a board It's like, it's all, it all boils down to as much as we want to say it doesn't, it boils down to to dollars and cents, but dollars and cents come from those relationships and those listening campaigns that you were talking about.
1: Absolutely. And and ultimately, when you can then show results from what you're driving on a small scale, you'll be able to get the budgets on a much larger scale. I mean, certainly that's how star to star has grown. And, and I'm not sure, Brett, but you may have seen the, uh, that we're now merging with uh, a larger organization. So deal won't be complete till end of March or early April with Sangoma, um, you know, uh, 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 over $437 million, uh, merger together, uh, again, coming from a company, uh, that, Frankly, less than a decade ago, I was number two marketing employee to yeah. <laughs> so become one of the largest communications uh, solution providers globally. Uh, really, really exciting journey for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, here's what I love. And, and let me ask you this, because this is, this is something that I think that the pandemic has put a, a unique demand on leaders in business development that they've not, frankly, they've not faced before. Um, whereas we used to be able to drive culture from a face-to-face standpoint. Um, and, and frankly, even during those times as leaders, whether it's in any type of business development role, it was a bit of a struggle to have a unified culture of communication. So it sounds like that's something that's extremely important to you. How have you kind of baked that into your culture at Star to start to get to the point where you've got this amazing merger opportunity that's going to just, Blow things up, for lack of a better term.
1: <laughs> well, for us, I think it's always been part of the DNA that we have. Um, you know, even when I was brought into the company, you know, this was a company where we're building communications and and things that enable people to work at a distance. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe it's a little unfair. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is what we do for a living. Uh, but the other part of it is again, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty and my team knows that this is not, uh, a lead from on high. And I think that that's what is just great about what is happening in society today. I mean, uh, I don't think we're going to have these ivory tower cultures yes. anymore uh, and we can't. Um, so that's what I think, you know, I try to do is again, I I'm hosting myself calls with my team, uh, Very asking very open and transparent questions, being willing to take uh, feedback on my own performance, not just give feedback on others' performance. Um, I think that is what builds a good culture of open communications and collaboration. It, It takes being able to have those hard and crucial conversations and have them go both ways.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, it's funny because you referenced that you are a communications company. And back when I was in network engineering and, and telecommunications engineering, that was actually a running snide comment that we would have because of the lack of communication, quite frankly, from the companies that I was working for. That's neither here nor there, but it was, you know, we are a communications company. Um, but it's, you know, so I, the reason I say that is because I know that you're building a, an amazing organization and it sounds like the communication is is um, absolutely on point. And so I don't want you to downplay that because that's that's not something that's necessarily inherent at communications companies. And
1: honestly, do we have it all 100% right all the time? No, we don't. And I think that that's okay to admit too. Uh, I think that's one of the things, like we have to be in a culture of continuous improvement and there yeah. are always going to be impediments. I don't know what all those impediments. I always say, you know, we're dealing with people, process, and technology. Something's going to break along the <laughs> way. <That's so laughs> but if you've got the right people involved, you'll fix everything. Yeah. Uh, so have, having open dialogue and being willing, again, to um, not sweep things under the rug. Um, when things are wrong, admit it and figure out the best way forward.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So what have you seen from uh, an overarching business development standpoint that you have that you and your company have had to shift given all of the changes in the pandemic?
1: Well, obviously not being able to be face to face, you know, the yeah. shift to being truly engaged and making sure that you're, you know, you may feel like you're overwhelming people with email or with webinars or with phone calls, but frankly, we're all getting inundated by 900 different things. If you don't stay on top of it and don't over-communicate, they're going to miss it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'd rather err on the side of let's do too much. Yeah. And let's, let's make sure we're always calling our customers, our partners. Uh, I, I would rather err on that side and have people be like, oh, no, I don't want to hear Michelle's voice anymore uh, <laughs> than, uh, than not. Uh, and, and the interesting thing is, is you wind up seeing that you're not, you, you're not winding, you're not uh, overwhelming people. Yeah. They only have so much time to consume. So if you're just there in the right moment, they'll consume it. They'll come back to you what else they need. Uh, and again, I the other thing I learned is, is it's not about what I have. It's again, it's about what my customer or my partner needs. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that we've, really turned around. And really, I have to credit one of the sales uh, sales leaders on my team, who he's been sending tips and tricks out to all of our partners on, you know, how to break into a conversation. What are the things that are working? And, you know, that is getting more engagement, frankly, than sending out the weekly product update or, or, asking for a forecast update, Uh, you know, it's how you're helping someone else. So I think that just resonates through my entire philosophy around how you do selling and marketing.
0: Yes, it's so true. And you know, what's funny is you hear this so, so much anymore is giving value, you hear give value, give value, give value, give value. But I love that. the And you may have done this unintentionally or you may have done it intentionally that, the wording that you're using is really at the root of value. It's just help. Mm -hmm. It's how can I truly help? Because that's what value does because it's not, if you're not, if your value is what you value and it's not actually helping, then it's not actually valuable. Correct. And so they won't
1: remember you when it, when they do need something. Uh, And again, for me, you know, it's, if I have a, I had a, 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 a medical uh, urgent care company that needed a way for uh, for them to deal with their doctors, uh, you know, who are not working within the office. Uh, And, you know, in the moment they had just laid off a ton of staff, uh, but they still needed this solution. And I was like, well, look, if I can give you this solution right now, and then we'll figure out contractually how we get you locked in later on. We'll worry about that. But if I can get you this in the next 48 hours uh, and get you up and running with mobile, with the mobile app for your, will will that work? And then we'll, we'll figure out when, when you have budget. That wins every day over, uh, let me send you the contract. We'll talk about it. Well, like, let me help you. Let me get you up and running today and then, we will we'll talk about the, the business aspects of this uh, quickly. And obviously, not every business can do that. Right. Uh, but frankly, I think in most cases, you could go to your board, your CEO, your CMO, you, and say, my customer has a need at this very moment. Let's POC it. Let's do something to help them. Yes. And you will win more
0: business. It's so true. and I think you know, I think that's one of the values. and a lot of people are, you know flipping out over 2020 and and the impact that it had. But I think if nothing else, it helped us realize, at least to me, it helped me realize as a leader and and even in the in the business development space, that it was, yes, we've got to run profitable businesses. There's no question. But at the end of the day, we, as a business community, yes, we have products and services, but it's all about the true impact that it has on that person's business. And when you're in a situation where it's a medical office who's rendering a, a invaluable service at this point, it's okay. Let's come together as a community and let's make this work. Then we'll figure out the money on the back end.
1: Yeah, and guess what? That that customer signed a new five year agreement with us after that. Yes, you no, know, we we got them what they needed and. and I think that that's the message is, is again, how do you help if you can, if you can figure out, and it may not be anything that's even that dire, like, you know, (laughs) mobile apps. I mean, in, in some cases, uh, you know, I have a a bunch of partners who, you know, have had to skinny down their sales teams or they're not getting as many leads. I, and I'm like, I have this great internal sales team, let them call into your base and we'll get you leads. We'll do and, and they're like, you do that? Of course we would do that. If we've got disciples and it's gonna wind up netting us both more business, why wouldn't we? Yes. So that's what I mean by help. Um, and you know, it can just be very, very simple things. You need us to send some thank you notes to your customers. You need us to um, re- really, you, you need us to send you lunch because you guys are <laughs> gonna do a call campaign today. It could be anything. Uh, that is is service oriented to your customers and partners.
0: It's so true, and I think that's that's got to be what what sets you apart. Now, I do want to circle back to one thing that you said, um, but before I do that, because I I don't want anybody here who's listening to miss this. We've got a lot of listeners that'll tune in later that that you're in the trenches right now, and a lot of leaders. You know, and I, I'll be frank. I've had conversations with leaders that are just flat worn out you know it's my wife called it pandemic fatigue the other day and but i I want you to highlight on what michelle just said of it's checking that roi mindset and yes there's value in roi i'm not going to be the person that says never think about roi that's the last thing you need to think about but it's checking that roi mindset and realizing we're all facing this together and we have the option to band together and help each other and make things easier or we have the option to make sure that we're looking out for hours on our own. And if we choose to actually help out each other, then the natural fruit of that is when we are actually going to see that ROI coming in on the back end. Because we're going back to what I call those business fundamentals of driving the help and the value factor more than anything else. So just please, if you if you don't catch anything else out of this episode, go back and re-listen to what Michelle just talked about and see where that mindset is lacking in your business or in your company or on your team. So I just wanted to make sure to highlight that. But you mentioned something that that I have been harping on here lately with, with um, in a lot of different capacities. And you talked about that staying top, what I call staying top of mind and how some people feel like okay i'm starting to begin to irritate people there's gotta you know i've there that's the reason nobody's responding when in reality we are just all inundated but the question that i've started asking people and i would love to hear your perspective on this is do you really believe that your solution product answer whatever it is here is actually going to make a difference in someone's business in someone's income or in in their life and if so then in my opinion, you have an obligation and a responsibility to continue to stay in front of that person so that they can see that difference. And so, I mean, what I would love to hear your perspective on that.
1: I, I think you're absolutely right. And if you can't, it. so I'm going to instruct you, if you are a salesperson and you can't articulate what value you're going to bring, then you need to be partnering with your marketing team and marketers. You need to be Building out these ROI models and use cases and explaining because without that, you cannot be effective. And I don't believe you can be truly effective in selling. I mean, it's a huge part of our process at Start a Star to be able to first explain to our partners how they can make money selling our solution and really helping them understand the difference selling Start a Star versus selling any of the competitive solutions that are out there what it's going to mean for them, both financially and in terms of their ability to sleep at night, knowing they've got a product that's going to work, that they're not going to be 900 hours on with support uh, in, <laughs> in some foreign land. They're, this is, that's power mount. And for your customers as well, you know, they're making a decision, which right now is very, very hard to des- decide to buy anything in this kind of an environment where people are unsure of, of the future. So if you can't articulate to them that this is either going to buy them back a certain number of hours and manpower or fin- and, and other financial return, then that is the core problem. You, you need <laughs> to have that. If you can't articulate that, go back to the drawing board. Yes. Uh, that is 100% the most fundamental thing you need to be able to do.
0: Yes. That, that was whenever I was in sales before I was an engineer, I've got a really weird past, but, but whenever, before, when I was in sales before and in sales management, I would tell people, you know, I would, it, it was people hated before it, but it was just one of those things that I felt like needed to be done. I would walk up and tell me, why should I buy this from you? Whatever the, you know, just some one random, you know, whatever the random product was. And if they couldn't tell me, I was like, get off the phones, go figure out why I should buy it from you. Then come back and we'll talk some more because it's, it's foundational. It's fundamental um so you being in a tech world i'm gonna make a real shift on you here <laughs> um, you're in the technology world and you're in that business development and, and i think that the pandemic has accelerated this next thing that i want to talk to you about is the use of data from a and i'm talking more like demographic data or or intent data in the marketing and sales process and I don't, so i don't know how far you all have gone with that you know with starters star as far as obtaining data about your clients and customers and you're talking about you know a more manual approach of the listening, which is invaluable. But what do you see in the future when it comes to being able to leverage that the macro data and micro data as we're moving forward in this business development world?
1: Oh it, well it's it, again, uh, it is critical and we we use it quite a bit when in fact, you know in order for us to find the right partners that are going to find us the right customers, because uh, we, we we have targeted mainly mid-market and enterprise customers. So finding, it's not like you're dealing with one buyer, right? You're, you're in the <laughs> selling mode. So you have to really be able to understand who the different buyers and who's going to influence the sales in these larger organizations. Because it's not just an owner and an SMB that you have to go deal with. So understanding. And then more importantly, what are the use cases uh, that they're buying for. So I, I think it's really important. I mean, we we're using LinkedIn. We're using uh, a number of different uh, technologies and tools that help us consume that data, uh, also append our data so that we make sure that it's always clean. Uh, you know, because again, when you want to start looking at, okay, who is our best customers? Who are our best partners? Uh, you've got to have good, clean data to be able to tell that story. So you can go out and look for those same targets again.
0: <laughs> it's so true, and I think I, I think that um, data is going to become one of the new currencies. I think more than any, more than ever before, because that's it, it. You know, there's this big brother aspect, and I'll be the first. You know, there are times that I'm like, God, I can't imagine how much information Google has on me. <laughs> but um, you know, when you, but the other piece of that is recognizing that the more data that you have the more the better positioned you your you and your sales team and your marketing team are to get your message to your ideal clients, and I hate using that word because it's almost cliche anymore. I've been I'm on this mission now. It's it's funny, and you'll probably you given the way that you think, I think you'll you'll appreciate this. I'm on this mission to take all these words that have become so cliche and find new ways to say them so they're not cliche anymore okay. because people just dismiss the cliches. Well, just
1: new cliches,
0: though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just gonna become the cliche innovator. That's what. I- <laughs>
1: Well, this is what I'll say about all of this. Again, data is, I do think data is a currency. And in the communications world, it's also a a part of our technology, right? We sell contact center software, just even your normal phone system software. You wanna know who's talking to who, where those connections are. Uh, You wanna understand are your employees engaged uh, you know, we actually have a solution that's called customer insights. It's literally about understanding, uh, you know, how well, uh, customer, your customer service and engagement was while you're actually talking to, uh, to folks. Uh, so it is really, really important. Uh, and, and it can be used in even more, much more simple ways, like retargeting on your website, yes. uh, yes. you know, just the ability to make sure that that person who came and saw you, you your your website is seeing you everywhere else, and that's yeah. very simple uh, use of data.
0: Yes, it's so true, and that's you know I think it's it's the uh, it's the accumulation of the little things that make the difference is what I think is the biggest thing in the in the business development process. Well, I want to make sure I am respectful of your time, so I am going to ask you this question, and then I am going to shut up and and uh, and, and <laughs> listen, and then we'll start to close out. What do you see? on the horizon as a leader and I know we're all in this state of flux so it's like well tomorrow it could be something completely different but what do you see coming down the pike from a, a sales and marketing perspective that you know you think that we're going to need to be preparing for or what do you see the change is going to be as as this pandemic continues to evolve evolve rather
1: well i think we're going to have to understand that work is is not where you go uh, it, you know it, it's a thing you do uh and technology uh, is going to evolve to enable that to, uh, I think it's evolved to a great level to enable what we've got now, but it's going to go further. Uh, and is if you're uncomfortable with big brother, you're going to have to get more comfortable, frankly, uh, <laughs> yes. because in order for you as a leader to understand how engaged your employees are, uh, there's going to be even new and more analytics uh, that come out around how you're doing uh in terms of emailing texting uh and all of these things are going to get integrated yeah whether that's crm whether it's linkedin whether it's your contact center or your phone system your collaboration all of it text messaging uh you're going to see you're going to see the amalgamation of all of these different technologies together uh, and it's going to help to hold you accountable. So, uh, what? and I like personal accountability. I don't like to think of it as big brother. I like to think of it as how can I beat myself? How can I be better than I was yesterday? And how can I see what messages are actually resonating versus that aren't? So I can, you know, uh, fast fail on whatever uh, doesn't work and move far ahead on the things that do.
0: Yes, that's so true. And that's, I, I love that. And I, it's that, um, it's that old mindset of I'm my only competition. Yes. And, and you know, I think that's that if anybody, anything else, you know, if you take that mindset and you realize the, the value of you being your only competition in everything, I think that to me, that's, that's a testament to how you've gotten as far as you've gotten, Michelle, both as both corporately and individually, it's being your own competition. So, um, thank you so much for coming on. I know you've got an enormously busy schedule with everything going on. Um, so we really appreciate you coming on. If you are in the market right now for any type of unified communication um, strategy or technology, make sure that you go. I've got the website um, going below here. And I'll also, if you're listening later on, I'll put it in the show notes. It's www.star2star.com. That's star, the number two star.com and check that out. Michelle, how should people connect with you or with Start a Star outside of that website?
1: Uh, you can reach me via my email, emacardi at com, uh, or by uh, I'll give you my direct phone number, 941-960-8250. So, uh, I, and I, by the way, I answer my phone. Uh, even though I'm president and chief revenue officer of a company, uh, again, I put it out there because I really want people To reach out and connect and see how i can help you
0: thank you so much michelle if you'll hang out for just a moment i'll go ahead and close us out um but thank you so much again for coming on i can't tell you how much i appreciate it thank you so guys with that again if you've not gotten a chance make sure you go back and re-listen to some of the amazing value that michelle gave us today Um, if you're in the process whether you're in the process of building your career or you're in the process of building a team currently Um, The amount of value she just laid out completely and totally free is amazing. Uh, So with that, I do appreciate each and every one of you guys for tuning in. Without you, without your support, We could not do this. So make sure if you got value out of this, if you enjoyed it and you think it could add value to someone else that you like, share, comment. If you're listening to us later on on the podcast platforms, please feel free to rate us. We love your feedback and love to hear who you would love to, or who you would like to hear from on our show and what subjects you would like for us to cover. So with that, I look forward to talking to you next time. And until then, I'm just here to continue reminding you, either give value or just don't bother.